the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Pastor Scott Show. We are live today from the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and Museum. It is the site of tonight's Republican presidential debate. I don't know if you even know that, if you're even paying attention. And uh, the frontrunner, Donald Trump, won't be here. So who knows, you know, if people are paying attention. The joke, you know, of course, is it's the vice presidential debate or maybe it's a competition to see uh, who gets to have what kind of uh, cabinet uh, position. (laughs) You know, those kinds of uh, political jokes. But anyway, it's nice to be here and to see what's happening um, in all of this. You can watch us live right now at KKLA.com. I'm in a media tent with... Lots of people from uh, media all over the country, many people you would recognize, uh, most of them probably left of center. And this this debate is on uh, Fox Business Channel, and uh, I think it's kind of funny that they're forcing everybody to watch Fox News. But uh, anyway, that's what's going on here. Hey, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Yeah, there's a few people who have had a conniption about that, uh, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is. I Has have there been to anyone this. you've uh, wanted I, to see have, or you've been, like, starstruck by? Uh, Wilbur just asked me if there's been anybody I've been starstruck by. No, not not yet. I did get a conversation with uh, Brett Baer, who was the uh, anchor on Fox News, and we, we talked a little bit about uh, the debate, Berlin Wall, and a couple of things, and uh, he was unavailable to come on the Pastor Scott Show, but I tried. Uh, but that's because he's live on uh, Fox News right now, so he gets to do that. Hey, here's a uh, question for you. Uh, we're talking about why we should vote, and I want to ask you this question, something to think about. Uh, does any of it matter? I mean, if God is in charge, what do you think? I mean, does it even matter to to do that? So we'll get to that subject here in just a second. I've got somebody with me here. I've got Larry Moreno. You probably remember, or you hear his voice all of the time on on our station and also our sister station, AM 870, The Answer. Well, it's good to be here. You can hear me early Saturday morning at 6 o'clock, SoCal Connection that we do for uh, K- 99.5 KKLA, and I'm also at our sister station, uh, The Answer, and this is, uh, I've been out to three of these. I think, Richard, you've been out to a few of them as well, our engineer, uh, but uh, they're always interesting. Uh, there is a real energy to to debates, uh, and there's, yeah. you know, a spin room, and you've been down there. It's not busy like it will be later tonight. Right. Once they come out of there, there will be surrogates for each of the candidates standing by to uh, to kind of convince you that their, their guy won. Right, they're all going to say they won. they won. That's going to be the best part. I think I'm going to live tweet it because uh, you know, somebody, you know, often there's a, a event in the debate that might not even have anything to do with a question, but the way somebody behaves, or if a fly lands on Mike Pence's head, course, or something the, like that, that becomes the the issue. And, and there's topics. You know, in the last debate, they they clocked the time, and it was like ten minutes or under. They talked about immigration. Right, and it is. An issue here in Southern California and across the country now that is 
you know, really become front and center as migrants are moved to cities across this nation and everybody's feeling the impact. It's going to be interesting tonight to see what is said about immigration and, and what the uh, different nuances to the Republican line are all about. And I think that will likely be maybe the number one issue, if not that, than inflation next November when we're actually having our general election. Yeah. Have, you, have you bought gas lately? I have bought oh. gas lately. It's a shock. It went up something like 50 cents overnight a couple yeah, nights ago. It's, it's in the mid-sixes and going yeah. even higher. Yeah, I, I predicted it's going to get eight or nine last year, and I was wrong about that, but I'm, I'm going to hold to that. that so, so you know we're going to see eight and $9 gas. So you know who's here tonight? Gavin Newsom is I going know. to be in the spin room, and he's got very scripted interview times. So I don't know if he's going to be somebody you can just walk up and say, Hey Gavin, how are you? You know what's yeah, going on with know, what's going on with the gas? Well, I'm I'm going to try. You know, yeah. What's going on with the gas? You know what's going on with the homeless people? Uh, right. yeah, but you know, I would love to talk to them about that and say because my thing to him would be, you've been in this game a long time from being mayor of San Francisco and you're pursuing the same policies <sighs> that clearly don't work. Isn't there a time when you say, hey, we tried this, and uh, you know what? It didn't work. We're going to try something else. Why don't you do that? I like real interviews where you ask a question and you get an answer. Watching him on other interviews he's done, he kind of interrupts people, and he likes to list off five or six things that he knows are facts, like we've got the best UC system in the States, Uh and we've got more baccalaureate uh, you know, degree people. Okay, but gas is six fifty a gallon. You know, here's my question. I think, I don't think Joe Biden is going to be the candidate. I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I have a bet going with uh, Big Wave Dave, David mm-hmm. James at the station. A steak dinner. He thinks he is going to be the candidate. I think uh, Biden's out. I think well, at some point he drops out. Right. Uh, what do you think about so, this in your professional yeah, opinion? And, and you have to understand the nuance of the system. They tell us that the way it's done, the parties can substitute somebody at the last minute. Right. So you could keep Biden through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And then after it's done... Just select a Newsom or somebody's wife who's been president before is being talked about. And it, it would shake up the field a bit because the polls that we're seeing right now have Trump coming up. Uh, and is it partly because of Biden's appearance of, of weakness? Yeah. You kind of wonder what's going on and what would happen to the race if you put someone else in. I remember watching the last one, and I'm thinking to myself, they're all talking about Joe Biden and what they would do differently, but I don't think it's going to, from my perspective, I think none of this matters if it's not Joe Biden. Right. And the philosophies, the the leftist philosophy, the progressive left philosophy stays the same. I had it asked the other day, why would someone vote for Joe Biden? Well, they don't vote for the guy. They're voting because they believe in the progressive ideas. I hap- I'm a news guy, but I happen to come from a conservative thought, and I don't necessarily agree with those. I understand that you're not going to get everybody lining up voting for Trump or somebody else just because they don't like Biden. They're going to stay with their belief system, unfortunately. Yeah. And you've got a challenge on the radio because you've got a belief system that you're talking about that isn't always that popular with some people. You mean I don't have control over my body? I don't get to right. do what I want? You know, okay, there's another reason. There is a right and wrong. There is a male and a female. Some of these topics become very difficult to broach with some people. They are. And I think, you know, one of the things we talk about on our show is that we want people to be thinking a lot more about policy rather than party, if possible. Because, uh, you know, you might be just voting D's and R's straight down, but voting against yourself. Voting against, you know, and if you wonder what's wrong, if you're really worried, right now, what, 75%, 80% of the country thinks we're on the wrong track. 
But in the, the last election, we voted for, what, 97% of the same people. Yes, yeah. yeah and, and here's a real sensitive subject, and, and you probably talked about this, about Donald Trump. He's dealing with it now. His work of getting in some conservative jurists on the Supreme Court brought the Roe v. Wade decision down, so it goes back to the states. That actually gave a boost to Democrats, who then took that in the midterm election and made it the issue. Yeah. And now he's grappling with, and he's trying, and he's getting some gruff from Republicans, trying to find a way to negotiate a topic that's hard to negotiate. I think the candidates on issues like abortion, they have to say what they truly believe, yeah. what they believe is right and wrong, and then they have to demonstrate the nuance of, here's what I think we can accomplish, because you have to get something done in the state houses or in Congress. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a battle. I think some people are going to say, you know, between a six-week ban and a 15-week ban that we're going to hear probably tonight, yeah. well... Uh, can you do any of that? Should you do any of that? People have a different opinion. And then at the at the core of it is the woman who is actually in that position where she's going to make a decision. It's very tough. And and as I've been on the radio for years, I have had guests on the program, you know, the, the old topic of, oh, in the case of rape or incest. Well, I actually had a guest on one of the shows I did who was born out of rape and has a very good life and yeah. is appreciative that her family gave her that life to live. That yeah. whatever you're thinking, if you, oh, a child of a rapist will be a rapist. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't work that way. And uh, it's it's a big, bigger picture of what our attitude is about life in general. Yeah. You know, the violence that we're dealing with, homelessness and solving those issues, all the stuff with abortion, it comes down to do we want to be a culture that embraces life or do we want to be one that continues to just embrace whatever I can get and at everybody else's expense. Yeah. What are you going to be watching for tonight? What are you going to listen for? What would what would resonate in in your heart? You know, I I watch with a certain critical eye because I've watched for years since I was a little kid. Yeah. I've been really interested in. You know, I'm looking at what's going to happen. Which one of these people, if they're the candidate, are going to bring the country together? That's something for me. I guess in my heart. I know that we're, we're so divided. I don't know if that's going to happen. The people at the top in both parties are extremely uh, polarizing. But I think it's a dangerous time that we're in. You know, Abraham Lincoln said it, but he stole it from Jesus, that a house divided against itself can't stand. And I think we need to take that very seriously in our country. I think that we need leaders who, at all levels, who will hold to their guns on, on the subjects that matter, but understand that there is a path to unity. In fact, I say a lot on our show, I think that the, the folks, the regular people, I think on, I think 80% of us could come to a solution on just about all the big issues. Well, that's been floated in discussion recently about would it be better to pick just average guys and gals out of the public who know nothing and put them on a panel <laughs> and have them be the politicians than those who have an agenda and want to be famous and get yeah. wealthy and do that to it. Yeah, that was once said that if you took uh, random names out of the phone book that they might do a better exactly. job. Exactly. And I, I wonder about that. That yeah. could be true. Hey, uh, Larry, thanks for joining us today. I know you got a lot of work to do here at the uh, debate. I look forward to uh, pushing and shoving in that uh, in the spin room a little bit later yeah, to the, see what the happens. Yeah, the mosh pit. Yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to coordinate, you know, you and uh, we'll get uh, we'll see who we get on the on the show here today. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Larry Marino, he is he does the news and he also does you just show on uh, KKLA on on uh, Saturday mornings. Uh, what's the name of the show again? SoCal Connection. SoCal Connection. So thank you, Larry, for being with us on the Pastor Scott Show. All right, 888-528-2557.
Uh, we are live at the Pastor Scott Show from the Reagan Library, the site of the second presidential debate. And a couple of you are on the phone here, so let me take your calls here. One of the questions I've asked is, why should we vote, or should we even bother to vote? And to get your thoughts about this, Javier and Ventura, we'll start with you. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Go ahead, Javier. Scott, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Hello, Pastor Scott. Hi, how are you? Go ahead. Uh, just to touch on uh, the last caller saying, uh, you know, he was giving up on the vote system. Uh, I yeah. encourage him to not give up or else, you know, uh, the other subjects have won. Uh, so I think he should uh, encourage him to vote. Yeah, I encourage everybody to, to vote. And, uh, you know, in this hour, Javier, and, and thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I appreciate that. You know, one of the things I want to do is is really kind of address that. You know, why should we vote or does it matter? Maybe if you think about it, you know, how do we feel about that? Uh, Byron in Long Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, how do you, sir? Hi, Byron. How are you today? Oh, I can't complain. I'm alive. All right. Well, I'm glad. What's on your mind? Oh, well, you you posed the question, should we vote? Yes, yeah. we should what, vote. It's yeah. The only chance that the government gives us a chance to voice our opinion. Yeah. Do you vote regularly? Are you pretty consistent at voting in the primary and regular general elections? Yes, I am. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who just feels discouraged or they feel like maybe their vote doesn't matter or it doesn't count or maybe it's just not a priority? What would you say? I would say, one, keep hope alive. And two, when there is no vision, people perish. And if you can't um, seize this opportunity to make your voice heard through the ballot. You'll, you'll let charlatans and heretics and those that are able to put people under their evil sway, you'll have to follow the pact. Hmm. You know, it is, when we look at what's happening in our culture, Byron, uh, there's a lot of you know evil and wickedness that is going on that um, I, I think it's very spiritual. We look about the debates in the schools and in the gender issues and in, even with the homeless or the border or those issues. There's a spiritual um, component to, I think that's true for everything, but certainly to things that don't make any sense and bad policies that are hurting a lot of people. Um, that's, that's one of the reasons why we've got to take our vote seriously. Uh, Byron, thanks for calling the pastors. Go ahead, Byron. Got another... Go ahead. Let me respond. You're absolutely correct. There's a spiritual battle going on in the world today, today. Yeah. And as time as time progresses, it won't get better. It's only going to get worse. But uh, the ultimate the ultimate battle has been won. But we have that's to, right. So we have to. Uh, and please, sir, the last time I called you and I mentioned the Antichrist. You kind of short-stopped me and switched to the other arm. <laughs> I don't remember uh, why that might have been, but... Uh, well, st- I understand, you know, really, that's, uh, your radio station is, or your radio wave is not the place to promote the devil, which I was not doing. Oh, well, I, you know what, Byron, I'm sure that you weren't doing that. We Sometimes we just have to move on to the next call. We take a call for a minute or two, and then we move on, and that might have been the reason. But uh, thank you for listening to the pastor. I am going to move on here because I've got other people on the line, but I appreciate that, Byron, very much. I thank you for listening and calling. And you're right about we cannot give up. That's a, you know, 
people used to, in the history of mankind, when things would go badly, when countries would divide and there would be war and pestilence and other things, or a lack of freedom, a lack of religious freedom or political freedom, they used to get on a boat and go to another continent. But uh, we can't do that. We're, we're many decades away from moving to Mars uh, as if we would do that anyway. 888-528-2557. That's why you, that's why you don't give up. Carolyn Van Eyes, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Yeah, there's always a spiritual battle going on. That's why we need to stand firm in our faith. Um, That's right. I'm a history major. I'm also a history major when I grew up. I had a teacher in Asian studies who made a point of telling people, people did not vote. And that is the reason why Hitler became in power, because people did not do what they needed to do. They just gave in and listen to whatever was going on so people need to really pay attention to what's going on yeah they do and you know i think when if everybody would vote you know if we had 80 90 percent actual voter turnout especially if people paid attention and didn't just vote you know party line or whatever it just felt like i think we would be a lot better because i i really think that the i believe that the citizens of our country uh really want what's better and I think even with the things we disagree on, I think we agree on a lot more than we disagree, actually. Uh, and it matters. Carol, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You know, uh, if you don't like the people in office, just think about the numbers. Uh, 28% of Californians voted in the last uh, 2022 election. That's it. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, such a small number. Uh, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Let me read a passage to you. Here's, I just want to get your thinking about this. There's an interesting Bible passage that uh, I don't think it's preached very much. Um, but it's something that is a command for us and how to live our lives. And I want to, put, I want to get your thoughts on this and put it in the context of voting and paying attention to elections and getting involved. It's First Thessalonians chapter 4. And it says this, it says, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, now listen to this, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, to love each other more and more. And then listen to this part, verse 11. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. And there's a lot there. And I'm wondering, you know, when we think about that, how does that direction that we get here from Paul tell us we should live our lives as Americans in a system that invites us to get involved, in a system where, as I've said before, I think that there's a biblical reason for a Christian to be involved because you have been given authority by God with your vote. I think you submit to the authority of the winners, uh, with some exceptions when they come around, but uh, generally speaking, that's what you do, and then you, you follow us. But what do you think? When you think about that, you know, are we, are we ambitious to lead a quiet life? Uh, mind your own business and work with your hands. What does that mean to you? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And I'm putting that in the context here of does it matter? Uh, does it? Does our vote ultimately uh, make a difference? Let's say 100% of people voted, and that's not the issue. And let's say that we were completely secure in the election outcome, meaning that it's fair. We think the voters, nobody's saying it's, you know, stolen an election. Nobody is concerned about the, you know, ballots being tampered or anything like that, that we have faith. Let's imagine that scenario. 
you know, does our vote matter that much? Um, how do we move forward in this life and not get so caught up in the danger of making Washington responsible for taking care of people, of making Washington or Sacramento or City Hall the place where people's needs get met? You know, do you think that we do that? We're here at a presidential debate here at the Reagan Library, and there'll be seven people on stage, one of whom could be the next president of the United States. I think it's likely that even if none of them win this time around, that one of them will be president one day. I think that's very, very possible. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're live from the Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. I urge you to come up here and uh, check it out. Not today. They won't let you up the hill today. But after that, check out the library if you never have. It's a great place to be. You can watch us also live right now on KKLA.com. And you can follow us on social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or X. They call Twitter now, whatever you're supposed to call it. Facebook, X, and uh, Instagram, at Pastor Scott Show, and uh, you can follow us right now. Uh, I'll be back. I see your calls, uh, Rudy and others, and we'll get to your calls as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show from the Reagan Presidential Library. We are live from the library today where we have gathered for the second Republican presidential debate that will be tonight at uh, 6 o'clock. You know, um, it's interesting to be here, and we've been talking about voting and different things today. And one of the things I want to talk about is do we – does it matter from a Christian perspective? Does it matter in the sense of if God's in control of everything, if God – is, you know, if there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to change God's plan, and if God ultimately, like the scriptures say, chooses our leaders, <clears throat> does it matter that we vote? How much should it matter? I read before the break from uh, First Thessalonians where uh, Paul instructs us to do this, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Interesting verse there, I think, to apply in all of this. What do you think? The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Let's go to Rudy in Brea. Rudy, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Really? Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, I think, Rudy. Uh, I think Paul hit hit it right on the head when he said that that you uh, if you live your if you work with your hands you uh, uh, live a quiet life you'll gain the respect of outsiders. I think uh, just as someone being a non Christian, um, it's like sometimes difficult to be in the same society as uh, as Christians because they want that they need their beliefs to, to and their morality and their you know sense of conduct to be the standard and to be the the policy for everybody and mm. i feel like uh, a little less talk and a little bit more action i think they'd they would get the respect of uh, other people do you think uh and i i think there's a lot of people rudy who feel the way that you feel where does it go too far i mean would you make a distinction between a Christian person who might want to use government to force people into Christian belief or something versus 
the idea that we are based upon a society, Western society, based on Judeo-Christian ethics. Would you see a difference between those two things? I, I, I see that the they're just, one's a more extreme version of the other. I kind of lump them together because there's this idea, even among, you know, moderate, so-called, you know, reasonable evangelicals, that, oh, we are a Christian nation. We are a Judeo. Um, we're supposed to put Christ into the schools, and we're supposed to put under God, and we're supposed to put in, in God we trust. Every It's like, enough with that stuff. We're not a Christian nation. That's already been established. In the very beginning of our, our country's uh, history, um, we were trying to avoid a war with uh, some North African countries that were Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. And they were at war with uh, some other Christian countries. And I forget who, who it was. I believe it was James Madison who said, or um, who uh, John Adams, John Adams, who said, we're not a Christian nation, so you don't have to worry about us entering the war. And since then, we've, we've already, in, in God We Trust, was added to uh, the, the currency at, like, recent history. It was, like, maybe, like, uh, yeah. within uh, the past hundred but, years. And but, the Pledge of Allegiance were under, in, in one nation under God. That, that was changed from the that was added years. in the in the 50s. That was added in the 1950s. And some of that was because yeah. of of communism, actually, because part of the threat of communism was that they were atheistic and they did not uphold the Judeo-Christian ethic. And that's why that got added. It was a, that was a big part of the reason. But, you know, there is a difference, you know, historically. You can read about, you know, a Judeo-Christian ethic doesn't mean that the state is Christian or Jewish in that set, you know, that mindset. It means that there is a system of right and wrong that is accepted with some basic ideas. If you look at what John Adams had to say, he actually says, and he's a Christian man, and he would definitely say we're not a Christian nation in the way that the Muslim nations were that they were fighting against in North Africa, um, because those nations do require you to be Muslim if you're going to live there, and there is no freedom of religion. And in our country, the government does not establish a religion. That is, that's something that we have found to be, I think the Judeo-Christian ethic would say that's true. God doesn't force you to believe in him. He does hold you accountable, I would say, for that later, but you have free will. The, the thing is, I think, that we can't jettison is the idea that the freedom that people have come, came through an idea that is in our Declaration of Independence, for example, that all men are created equal that we have certain inalienable rights. Would you reject that, the notion that people have rights? Uh, it says that they're bestrode on by their creator. It's where it says it came from. It didn't come from government. It came from their creator. Would you reject that notion? Perhaps, perhaps that, could, that could be another religion, too. That's not unique to Christianity. You know, there was... That, like, that's correct. I, so... And, so uh, Human, human but, rights and or like even ideas of democracy or freedom, those aren't unique to Christianity. I know they. I know people like to say, "Oh, that's where that's where democracy comes from." That's not true. Actually, it's uh, it's very close to true. A Judeo-Christian ethic, the idea of love your neighbor, the idea of love your enemies. Well, the, there is a lot of stuff the, that that changed. It was radical at the time of Christ. Uh, the Greek that of democracy. Isn't, I mean, didn't, didn't you learn that in history? Sure. 
voting is not something that is is what we're talking about. We're talking about where do rights come from? Why is there why is there human rights? You know, the Greeks argued about that, but the Greeks understood too that if there is no God, then there is no human rights actually, because then human beings yeah, aren't that, aren't special. That just, that just has to do with God, not necessarily Jesus. Well, I, you could definitely argue that, uh, you know, for sure. Uh, for believers, for Christians, we would say that we're made in the image of God, and that's why. But you, you understand, you know, we can go on about this f- for a long time, but you understand there's a difference There's a difference between a Judeo-Christian philosophy and ethic behind a nation and forcing people to become Christian uh, with a certain right. government. There's a, there's a difference. But you feel like maybe sometimes Christians cross that line in our society today. Yeah, I think it's... It's not enough for, for me to. It's not enough for them to practice their own religion and behind closed doors. They have to try to convert everybody all the time, or they. Well, that's part of. But that's but that's what the religion says, right? So if if you're a true believer in Jesus, then you have an obligation to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have to share the gospel. To, but you're you know that that's you're not a you're not a Christian if you don't do that. I like how Paul says it. You you work you work with your hands and you gain the respect of outsiders. I like how he says that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you calling about that, and I think he's saying that in the in the context there. He's saying that because if you don't have the respect of outsiders because you're lazy or because you're a rude person or because you're doing some terrible things, you're not going to win people for Christ. That at the end of the day. It's winning people for Christ that matters, and you're better off if you're working hard and if you're a kind person and you're a loving person in order to be effective that way. Rudy, thank you for calling. It's always great when you call. I appreciate it very, very much. Hey, wouldn't you think about that? Because I think what Rudy has said is something that a lot of people worry about as far as uh, believers in the public sphere. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. You know, in the, the scriptures, there is a lot, actually, that is said about God and government. And, you know, I think that it's really important that we understand that we do have a role to vote. All Americans do. And, you know, if you're not a believer, you don't believe that role to vote came from the living God. But as a Christian, uh, you do. And, you know, we're told to pray for those people who are in office. I find that to be a remarkable thing, particularly in a time today where we sort of have this thing we've been doing this now for a while going back all the way to at least the first the second president bush where people say he's not my president right uh george bush came to office and there was a controversy in the uh with the election and he got fewer popular votes than al gore it was 537 votes in florida that was the difference and uh some people on the left said well he's not my president and uh barack obama became president and some people on the right didn't like that and they said well he's not my president and Donald Trump became president, and people on the left didn't like that. Well, he's not my president. Man, Biden's president is not my president. You know, the thing is, is that he is our president. And the scripture and all of those guys were our president. Regardless of what we think about the electoral process, they became president. And they made decisions, and they're making decisions that impact us, that will impact generations to come. It does matter. And when the scriptures tell us to pray... What I fought for our leaders, it's interesting because the leader that Paul is talking about when we were to pray for our leaders is Nero. And I promise you something. Nero was a worse guy than Joe Biden. Whatever you think about Joe Biden. 
And Nero was a worse guy than Donald Trump. Whatever you think about Donald Trump, I promise you, Nero was worse. And uh, Nero was worse than any U.S. president we've had. I'd say that Nero was worse than probably any leader in the world today. You know, maybe Putin is in that league, I, I would say. And, uh, you know, you're going to find some people in that league or some people who might play in that league if they ever got to power. That's possible. We're not to pray for them so that they would be effective in bad policies. We're to pray for them that they would repent if they need to, that they would change their policy. See, that's something that I think. If I had the chance to talk to Governor Newsom tonight, uh, I'm not expecting that. But if I did, you know, that's one of the things I'd say is you keep pushing a, a... a policy for homeless people that doesn't work, that hasn't worked for your entire time in public life. At some point, don't you think it would be okay to say, you know what, that doesn't work. I'm going to try something different. See, I think that's something we should do. Is the border policy working, whatever that is? I don't think anybody agrees. I think that we should change that. See, you can pray for that, and you can pray that people get saved. I mean, imagine the impact. Let me give you this. Imagine, you know, Republicans tonight, probably, I think all of them are going to give some answer of how they're pro-life. And they're going to argue about how many weeks they might sign a federal ban of abortion. Six weeks, 15 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. And they're going to talk about the semantics about it. They're going to talk about the, the realistic possibility of one of those things being done. You know, you have to win the election or you don't even get that opportunity. Um, but, you know, the... As they, <clears throat> excuse me, as they do that, and uh, we think about these things, the way that you pray, imagine if President Biden or if Kamala Harris were to change their view on abortion. If, imagine what would happen. Imagine the impact. Now, they would be pushed out of office probably by the left, but imagine in the meantime how many people would be, have the freedom and flexibility to change their mind on that subject. Imagine if Kamala Harris came out and said, you know what? I don't think abortion is right. I've believed it for a long time. I thought it was right, but I've looked at it, and now I think that it's not. I think we're taking the life of a baby who should have constitutional rights. And imagine if she said that. That would be extraordinary. And, yeah, her political career might be over on the left. But I think imagine all the young women out there would hear that and respond. See, you you pray for that change. And I know you might be thinking, oh, she'll never do that. How do you know that? People change their mind all the time when God gets a hold of their heart. All the time. That's one of the reasons that we pray for our leaders. We pray that they get saved. We pray that God changes their heart when their heart is wrong. And we pray that God would use that change of heart to be an impact in a country that is going the wrong way. An impact in individual lives who hear from the, their political leaders and say, I have, it's okay if I change my mind on this. It's okay if I do this. It's amazing what that kind of permission does. All right, I've got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're live from the Presidential Library, the Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, at the site of the Republican debate that happens tonight. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can watch us live right now on KKLA.com at the Reagan Library. You can also uh, follow us on social media right now. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show on your favorite social media at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. We're live from the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and the Museum, the site of the Republican debate that is tonight. It's the second uh, in a series of presidential debates that will be going on. Donald Trump's not here, so it's uh, everybody who is polling uh, behind him. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be interesting to see. I understand why he's not here from a political standpoint. I think I think everybody who's running ought to be debating if there's people going to debate, my opinion. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen later on. But what we're talking about this hour is a Christian approach to voting and why we should do it, especially in light of some passages that really tell us how important it is to live a life by a standard that God has put out there because of how we're seen by other people. Another passage on this is First Peter chapter 2. Uh, Verse 11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Be excellent, he says. He's telling us to be excellent in our behavior so that we can proclaim the excellencies of God. That's the idea. And the thing is, is that for our life, when we're walking in, in the faith, we can't one pastor, a friend of mine, he likes to say this. He says, you can't peddle unapplied truth, meaning you can't call people to live by a standard that you're not willing to live by yourself. It just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, the people who don't know you very well, they don't know the difference, right? But the people who are in your life, we call that group your white cost, the people in your relational world, that's the group of people who know whether or not you actually live as a Christian like you say you are or not. Like they know. They see you at work. They see you at school. They see you in the home. They, and they know what your life's really about and all of that. And how do we take these kinds of passages in light of a government that we live in where we are to submit to the authorities who are there uh, for the Lord's sake, the, the Bible says. Um, but also we have a responsibility to vote. To We're given that responsibility uh, by the Lord. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Hi, David. Scott. Go ahead. Um, first of all, you know, I think a lot of people are opposed to abortion, but I think believe mm-hmm. in a, it, it's a matter of personal conscience, and the government shouldn't be legislating it. Over 60, about 62 or 65 percent, depending on what surveys you read, of Americans hold that view. That's why politicians like President Trump are not backing a national abortion restriction. That's number one point. Number two, what I I can explain this to me maybe theologically. To to my way of thinking, there's a bestiary of, of sin. Some are worse than others. I, I could see someone saying that abortion is much worse than premarital sex. So I don't understand why, if you don't want abortions to occur, you don't believe that at least the lesser sin is to use birth control when you have premarital sex, or if you don't want to have a baby, use. I don't. I don't understand why evangelical Christians don't emphasize birth control. I mean, is that is is is. I mean, is that more of a sin than than abortion? That's a good question, David. Uh, you know, I think that that um, you know people will classify you know sins in different ways, right? And at the end of the day, one of the things that we want to keep in mind is that 
whatever your sin is, Christ had to die for that. Okay, that's part of the gospel. We all fall short. And that's really important when you're dealing with something that is abortion that I think most people would say is worse than premarital sex. On the other hand, I would tell you that you are equally uh, separated from God because you make that choice. I think that evangelicals in the context of marriage, you will find if, you, if you're going to churches and marriage conferences and stuff, they might talk about that in the context of marriage. But it's harder, I think, for evangelicals to, for a Christian to promote uh, safe sex uh, if you are uh, feeling like you're somehow promoting sex outside of marriage. Does that make sense? Um, you know, I would say that that if you're going to to do that, if you're not a believer, you know, I'd say you don't have you've I think I can come up with some pretty good reasons why you should abstain, even if you're not a believer. All of us in our society know people who have been wounded or who have gone through difficult times because of something related to sex. We all know that. Um, and, you know, I guess I would tell you if you're going to do that, then you should take precautions. That would be better than bringing a life into the world that you are not going to keep. And I would say that's the, the argument. I would say that the bigger thing for, for evangelicals theologically is what is the relationship supposed to be between men and women. And really, the, the big thing I think here, David, is that evangelicals need to keep that standard uh, before they ask other people who aren't to keep that standard. Does that make sense? Like if we're, That's the passage I just read. You know, if, if we're not willing to, to abstain from premarital sex, then it's going to be impossible to suggest that to anybody else. Well, you know, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I just think it's unrealistic based on the society we live in. Many, most, I think, people do have premarital sex. And so I still think evangelicals need to rethink their position on birth control because that would at least prevent unwanted pregnancy and prevent abortion, which to my way of thinking is a much worse sin than premarital sex. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying, David, and uh, and thanks for calling. You, know, I think that you know Catholics have a position on on uh, birth control that's more of a, a position that it would be a sin, and evangelicals or Protestants tend to not have that same view, and so it, that might be part of what you're thinking about there. You know, one of the things that's important, really, that I'm saying here in in all of this big picture, you know, if if we are going to have an impact in our society. Yes, we need to get out there and vote. That's part of it. But the bigger impact, and I think you see this in Scripture, and in fact, you saw this in the Roman Empire. In fact, it's funny that we're talking about the Roman Empire since that's the thing right now, all the guys thinking about the Roman Empire. So, see, here's how it fits in. We're going to talk about it. The, the behavior of people sexually in the Roman Empire was at least the same as it is in our society and probably worse, right? So a period of time... Uh, in fact, if you read First Corinthians, that church was dealing with it in the worst way, where even Paul says, even the pagans don't do what you guys are doing. So it's been a problem in the church. The call in Scripture for Christians is to not peddle unapplied truth, to live your life, to be so good among the pagans that they accuse you of doing wrong, which they will. See, the, the Christians were accused in Rome of causing all the problems. They were the scapegoat. Uh, Nero eventually did that. That's why he burned them at the stake and he did other stuff. The argument was, hey, you're going to get accused of things you're not doing. Uh, make sure that's what they're accusing you of. Don't get accused of doing things where they're right. You know, don't be accused of being a bad person or a sinful person in such a way that your accusers are correct. <laughs> you know, so live a life of excellent behavior. That's going to have an impact in the society. And uh, there's so much more that we can talk about here, but we're almost out of time. 
But in this context of how do we make a difference in the world, for sure you've got to vote. For sure everybody's got to vote. We spent a lot of time talking about today, and we need to vote according to the issues. We need to be, we need to be good voters. Everybody ought to be good voters, meaning that you actually investigate the candidates, and I think we should vote on policy rather than the letter at the end of their name. And I know it's easy to default, and you go, well, the person with the R or the D that I agree with is more likely to f- believe in my policies. But that's what primaries are for. You can have better R's and D's. If, you, if you're somebody who you say, I could, never, I could never vote for you know, a Republican in my life, well, then go out there and vote for better Democrats because a lot of the Democrats are not doing a good job. You can find them. That's what the primary is for. So go vote for that. Same thing is true as uh, Republicans. But in the meantime, in between elections, every two years, what do we do as believers to impact the culture? The culture is not going to be impacted from Washington or Sacramento or from City Hall. You know, in fact, what happens there, and what I think even happened in abortion, you know why Roe versus Wade is overturned? It's not just because the Supreme Court changed. It's because actually the hearts of Americans have changed on that. Because actually what the Supreme Court did, most Americans actually agree with that in their heart. That it should be with the states. Most Americans believe that first trimester and second trimester or, or second and third trimester abortions shouldn't happen. There is a majority, barely, who says that first one should be legal, even if they agree it shouldn't happen. You know, that's a heart issue. And all of these things are heart issues. And at the end of the day, your, your impact in the world is going to come down to a handful of people that you live with, that you live by, that you do life with. And it's one step at a time, one oikos at a time, if you look at it that way, your, your, your relational world that you live with. All right, friends, uh, this is Pastor Scott. This is Pastor Scott Show. We are live today from the Reagan Library. I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, I encourage you to tune in and listen and listen to what they say, the nuance. They're going to talk about abortion and the border and the economy and other stuff. Listen to the nuance of what they say and consider uh, what is right on those things. You can follow the Pastor Scott Show on social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, X, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can get the podcast of the show. Just look for uh, the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always watch the video replay of this. Just go to kkla.com if you want to see us online here at the Reagan Library. The room has filled up. I don't know if I'm going to get some interviews with people or not, but I'm going to push and shove and see what happens after the debate tonight. I'll be with you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless you. Have a great night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com